Superfan Giovanni here for Classic Love Line, episode 654, featuring PJ Jones and Brian Herta. From April 1st, 1998, Wednesday Night Show. Yay, finally another new episode, not an April Fool's Day prank. Source on this one, a Melissa tape with Kevin Tate Patches. The Melissa tape was just over an hour, uh, sans commercials, about 45, 50 minutes. And the Kevin tape had the rest of the audio, so I merged them together the best I could. Uh, the Melissa tape had better sound, so uh, I tried to put that in where I could. The show's never been shared online for 18 years. If you heard it back when it originally aired, you're one of the few. Now everybody gets to hear it. I haven't even had a chance to fully hear this one yet. And again, I fully intend to bring you four episodes, five episodes a week, and it totally doesn't make sense to do five episodes a week, five episodes a week, and then do none for three days or four days or five days. You might as well just do two a week. You're not really delivering on the promise. But the level of work and editing involved in this makes me almost want to up the amounts on Patreon but I didn't want to do that unless I talked to people first or suggested it. Just because I put, you know, four ninety nine for four days a week seems so sensible. Uh, but the amount of time versus hours spent, it's, just, it, it's almost impossible to do. If I get back to a baseline with a lot of this and get a workflow set up, uh, if the day job really wasn't in the way, uh, I could easily get this up and going. I'm still going to. It's just it's taking a little bit more time than usual. Nobody's uh, slacking. I actually have the uh, cassette deck next to my bed. I can't do 12 tapes per day because that, re that requires a level of precise timing where you flip the tape, you swap everything out, you save it, uh, and you have to do it perfectly. And it's just it's not possible to do uh, right now, not with this level of income. But income's not really the important part. It's just the time off I take from the day job, which I can't do at the moment because it's so busy. Uh, but right now I have the tape deck next to the bed, so I'm taping and transferring every time I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm doing about uh, five to eight per day, which is not a lot, but it's, uh, it's, it's moving. Uh, we have a huge backlog of shows from April to finish, and there's a couple tapes lost in the barrel of tapes or basket box of tapes that I have to track down to then finish April. Otherwise, I could just release MP3s, but what's the point of releasing old MP3s I recorded five years ago on a setup that's not as good as this setup that's kind of the definitive setup? So I'm going back every time you hear the show, 99% uh, of the time, maybe a little bit less, it's me taking the raw analog tape and re-digitizing it. So you're hearing something new. It's not a lossless or a lossful uh, copy of a copy of a copy of a copy that keeps getting degraded each time some guy edits it and claims it's the final version of the show, which clearly it's not the final version because I haven't released it yet. After hours of editing and processing, we now have a final version of this episode for you to enjoy. Uh, P.J. Jones is American racing driver, uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, Le Mans, Le Mans. Uh, and then uh, Brian John Herta, American race car driver. He currently runs his own team, uh, Brian Herta Autosport, in the Verizon IndyCar series. And he has uh, team won the 2011 Indianapolis 500 with driver Dan Weldon, who also came on Classic Loveline 
a lot of these uh, race car drivers actually did show up and make their way through, and some of them are no longer with us, unfortunately. We'll get to that a lot more with uh, more episodes released, and we've already featured a few of them, I think. Overall, this should be a fun app. Mahalo, and get it on. Your host, Adam Carolla, and Dr. Drew. Yes, indeed, it is. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm uh, Ace Rockola. That is my partner, uh, Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew, board-certified physician, addiction, medicine specialist. You, cold, stoned, confused teenager, struggling in a very dark sexual world. Okay, Drew. <laughs> Just think, it depends which coast drive. It's incredibly hot on the East Coast. Right? Oh, it is? Yeah. I'm miserable out here. Yeah. So breath, uh, you know, I, I farted and I could see it uh, this morning. It's uh, not a good sign, by the way. Okay, uh, PJ Jones and Brian Herta are here because uh, the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, and I almost said Toyota Times Grand Prix of Endurance, uh, which is a race they used to run in Riverside, I think, about 20 years ago or something. Uh, they're in town. The, uh, we have, uh, Brian, we had you on last, uh, mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. around, right? Oh, yeah. Was, did we also have you the, uh, one before that? Yeah. Is this yeah. the third one? I'm like a veteran. I, well, I've, I've been around like pre you, so. <laughs> <laughs> pre Adam. You'll be around post Adam, too. <laughs> that may be true. I'm going out on a limb, but, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. And PJ, I don't believe we've met. Nope. Oh. Uh, long time listener. First time visitor. Visitor. There oh, why well, thank you. And of course, uh, PJ Jones comes from a uh, quite a racing family with uh, Parnelli Jones being pops, and uh, Wheels Jones was his grandfather. So. <laughs> no, it's the whole. Uh, of course, everyone knows about Parnelli Jones, but is the whole family into racing beside yourself? Yeah. Uh, my, well, my dad and uh, my dad, dad's brother. Used to race. They used to do a lot of sprint car racing in uh, Ascot, and uh, obviously my dad went on to Indy cars. My my uh, his my uncle stopped. Then my I have a little brother who was racing Paige Jones, and uh, he unfortunately got seriously injured in a sprint car a couple years ago and had a head injury. Oh. But he's recuperating and getting better and better as each day goes by. Uh, the sprint cars are are those the uh, dirt track open wheel jobs? That's right. With the uh, spectacular, uh, these are like the gymnasts of uh, race cars. They go, they go, they cartwheel, and then all of a sudden they hop about sixty feet in the air, right. and they actually land outside of the track. And it hurts usually. Oh, I'll I tell bet, you, then they're done that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, to me, it's the, the the open wheel part of it. I think that uh, causes the incredible uh, jumps. Although you guys race open wheel cars, uh, and you know, between Indy Kart and, and Formula One, these are all open wheel cars. But you don't see that sort of spectacular uh, the the. Um, acrobatic type crashes that you have in the sprint cars. Why, it, it, why that's is o- that? That's okay with yeah, us. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> fine uh, with us. Well, with the sprint cars, and to put it in this perspective, the sprint car weighs just a little over a thousand pounds and has seven hundred and twenty-five horsepower. Right. Uh, Indy car weighs uh, fifteen hundred pounds, and uh, <laughs> Brian's car has probably eight hundred and uh, eight hundred and fifty horsepower. Right. The limit's eight hundred, yeah. though, right? I say mm-hmm. Brian's cars. I'm uh, in the middle of the development uh, years with Toyota. Right. And we're a little behind in horsepower right now. Well, he just has a uh, a, a stock Camry engine right. in his car. It's bone stock. <laughs> it's reliable though. They're thinking of putting. <laughs> Uh, some headers on it for the next race, but they don't want to get too wild. And they sure don't want it loud. 
Brian is uh, you got a Cosworth, right? That's right. These are uh, aluminum block. These these are V8s, but they're small displacement. Like it's it's a V8. It has eight cylinders, but it's right. only as big as maybe a four cylinder. Yeah, and on a street it's car, one point six five liters. Oh, that's size it. Of the engine and it's making that's nothing over eight hundred horsepower. So, but but to give you some perspective, a, a one point uh, did you say one point six or one point eight? One point six. One point six liter is smaller than like a Miata engine, yet it's eight cylinders and then eight hundred horsepower. Yeah. Well, the idea is uh, so it can uh, rev higher, right? Smaller right. pistons, yeah, uh, they, turn faster. Creeping up to fifteen thousand RPM, so they oh. they do it, and uh, and that's uh, all turbocharged, right? Yes. And what are the limits? Uh, do they have displacement limits or horsepower limits, or what are the limits? Well, the rules for engines are basically they they tell you uh, how many how, what size the engine can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basic shape's got to be a V-shaped engine. Some some real general outlines, and then pretty much from there you're free to go to town and and design and build. Uh, Whatever kind of engine you want, but but the uh, displacement rule isn't that small, is it? One point six liter. Yeah, that's, it's pretty small. That's small. Yeah, but we're, we're yeah, but also that's limited. The, that's the limit. That's yeah. the most you can you have. Can have. Really? Yeah, yeah, we're limited on forty inches of of manifold pressure. Oh well, sure. So, I mean, we can't. You know, we used to. <laughs> Listen, I don't get out of bed for less than fifty. <laughs> Please, forty. That's what do you ridiculous. guys do in this place, man? You got ants everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we uh, we unleash the ants to get rid of the roaches, which uh, we thought would eat the rats uh, at some point. But uh, it's like the uh, lady swallowed the uh, spider. All right, uh, where the hell else are we? I got a million questions for these guys. I was watching any time I turn on like uh, ESPN 18 or something, I watch some old, old style racing. The thing that I'm always amazed by, and Drew, you're going to appreciate this as a doctor, and I brought this up before, how long it took the racing profession to install the roll bar, the bent pieces of metal that's actually a little bit higher than your head is. Hey, it's funny you bring that up. So I, I tease my dad about that all the time. I ask. Well, what are you guys thinking, man? You were racing around here with no roll bars. Are you guys not that smart back then, or what? I think they rolled it once. Everyone hit their head, and then... Uh, Killed a few people. They lost... Uh, but, I mean, this is like into the 50s, and there's no roll bar in the car. Now, meanwhile, or seatbelt. Yeah, or, or seatbelt. Seat they're producing a lot of horsepower. Hell, this is after World War II. We've already figured out uh, a, a way to, uh, you know... Do, we're doing working bomb. on hydrogen bombs yeah. and uh, the space program, and they haven't figured out a way to take a, a one-inch piece of metal tubing and bend it so it's just a little bit higher than your head. Not only that, they were sitting in a fuel bucket. I mean, the thing had 75 gallons of fuel on board, and it was all around them. You know, it, I mean, they're crazy. I, I mean, they're driving around these cars. They're open wheels. You know the things are turning over all the time, and they're either flying out or their head is dragging along the pavement <laughs> once the thing gets uh, turned over. I, I, and the helmets uh, weren't uh, weren't much better. Race drivers these days are a lot smarter. <sighs> yeah, but um, now you you're pretty so. much you're pretty much packed into these cars, right? I mean, it takes you a half hour to get in and get out, right? Pretty much. Yeah, you can't you can't even do your own seat belts up. Uh, you you get into it and. They got. Uh, we sit in these foam seats that are basically contoured to your body, and it, it's right. almost like you know sitting in styrofoam. And then someone's got to actually belt you in. And the cars are, you know, you always want to be safer still, but they're really good. I mean, the, the safety record on them is is extremely good. You ever get weird when you're in there, though? Get you know weird, what I mean? Like, I mean, you, you, you're, you're all buckled in, you're belted in, you can barely move your arms uh, away from your sides. Your helmet's strapped down. It feels good. It does. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's shaped to you, and it actually kind of, you know, it, it, 
I guess it's like probably uh, any sport. You get you get in there, you get buckled in, and it, it starts. You start feeling comfortable, and it's you start uh, kind of. It, it helps to focus your mind on the job. And it, I, I'd get weird when I was a kid. Well, I got rolled up in a uh, Oriental rug, <laughs> and I got weird immediately. Uh, I'm not kidding, man. I, I can assure you, it's nothing like being rolled in an they don't Oriental have, rug. They don't have any carpet remnants in there. No. All right. All right, uh, we'll take some calls, and we'll uh, talk a little more about uh, racing. And we'll see if, uh, I don't know, if PJ wants me to come out and maybe tweak the engine a little. I'm not saying I know more than Turn the mechanics, yeah, but you know, uh, it couldn't hurt. Uh, uh, you know all about another, that manifold pressure. So. Another opinion, give it a little listen to. What I like to do, Drew, is take a long-handled screwdriver. I'll put that right up against the uh, rocker, uh, the valve cover there. And I'll put the other end of it right on my cheekbone, and I can hear if uh, one of the lash caps is running a few tenths over or above, and I'll go ahead and adjust the rocker arms. Yeah, you're in a little bit of trouble. There. There's no rocker arms. No rocker arms. Well, that's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no push rods? No push rods. No. Tens of millions the... of dollars and four engineers, cams, right? And we just yeah. figured it out. No push they don't let us hey, do you run a timing chain or a timing belt? Uh, we run a belt. Yeah, you got to go to chain. TJ. TJ? Because yeah. the belt, you got to replace every 60,000 <laughs> miles. A, a chain, you know, it'll stretch out after 150, but you can run that baby for 10 years. TJ? Yes. What's going on? Oh, I was just wondering, are you born gay or is it a choice? And why? Is Adam? <laughs> I made the transition around high school. Do you always wear the tutu to work? Hey, weren't we just, uh, is this a goof call or is this a real call? That's for real, but we're just talking about this? This is a real call. Oh, I thought it was one of those trick questions, like, uh, are you the only homo in your family? You know, it's weird, weird, uh, last night you brought up Bella Abzuk? Yeah. She died yesterday. Yeah. How weird is that? No, not that weird. I heard her name on the radio, but I didn't know she died. I just heard it and uh, it reminded me of her. All right, true? Yeah. You you done not making sense? Yeah. All right, listen, uh, there is evidence that uh, homosexuality has a biological basis to it. Like any human behavior, it probably is a component of what creates the syndrome, but it probably probably is not the total picture. Uh, okay. There are environmental aspects that sort of allow the biological predisposition to perhaps express itself. Uh. Although there's debate about this. Some people believe it's all biological. Some people believe it's... Not biological at all, but there is some evidence beginning to trickle uh-huh. in about the biology. But gay men argue more for the uh, biological basis, right? Yeah. They want it to be like some sort of uh, uh, natural mandate or something. Yeah, something something that's even right. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, their logic is, hey, you can't make fun of us if, uh, if, if, if we came out of the womb this way. And my take is, uh, yeah, we can. Uh, look at people <laughs> with big asses and big noses. We make fun of them all day long. That's a biological <laughs> mandate, right? I was Brillo head all through junior high, for Christ's sake. That wasn't something I did to myself. We we have a gay race driver. Really? Yeah. Who's, you want to know who it is? What's his name? Has he got a good name? Come closer and give me a kiss and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're gay. TJ, what, no, no, TJ no. you have any other questions? Uh, yes. Uh, what what do you tell your parents when they ask what they did wrong? Or they're afraid that it's going yeah. to ruin my career. Oh, boy. What I is mean, your career? Uh, I'm an airline pilot. Ah, oh, you're fine. How could that ruin your career? How? Well, I could be given like a co-pilot, some oral sex or something, and missed a runway. I mean, there's 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 many scenarios. Uh, TJ, um, yeah, I, it's not well, it's not well accepted in the airline industry. Is I mean, that right? In the flight attendant industry, it is, but not the. Well, it. it will be because I mean it's 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 no, it's present I, in everywhere, and it's yeah. But I, I listen. Uh, 
I don't have any problem with a with a gay pilot, but uh, I agree that uh, there's certain jobs that, that where they picture people picture like Robert Stack doing this job, um, not the uh, Tommy Toon. You, yeah, you but Robert I mean? Stack may just because somebody appears certain ways on the outside doesn't mean that they don't. You're calling saying Robert's gay? I don't know. Okay, Dr- T- TJ. Yes. What would you fly commercial planes? Oh uh, yes, I do. You you fly for a big airline, or do you do like you work for like some sort of uh, you know like UPS uh, actually, or something? Actually, I work for a regional airline. All right, he's only twenty three. Yeah, he'll he'll work his way out. All right, well, like anything, I wouldn't discuss it at work. It's a it's a shame your parents though uh, look at it as such a failure. It's like they're talk. It sounds like they've been talking about it in front of you as though you weren't present. Oh my God, what have we done wrong? I mean, they accept it and everything, but they just uh, they're asking questions, and it's it's tough when we have a layover or something, and they go to a. T- stuff and i have to sit there and go oh yeah yes you know it's like no 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 i'm talking about your parents oh well you don't know what he does with his <laughs> parents, <laughs> your no, the parents. father and i are gonna go buy the car tj would but, you like to come along we packed a sack lunch for you but an awful lot of this what was me what have we done wrong I mean, that, that's pretty uh denigrating for a it's a little uh, it's a little insulting yeah i'm My sorry folks were that way when i got into radio but yeah well that there's reason well, there, okay right? there's, there's something behind yeah. that yeah Hey, uh, TJ? Yes. Uh, how'd you, uh, were you in the uh, Air Force? Uh, no, I started flying when I was 16 years old. Oh, okay. So uh, that was uh, partly because of Dad? Uh, actually, no. It was, I just had a, I always loved to fly. You just had a plane when you were 16? Uh, I never had a plane of my own. I uh, used to fly as a flight medic back in Buffalo, New York. Wow. Um, on a I, helicopter, and I guess that just got me more oh, Listen, and I'll, I'll ask the uh, the guys, but as far as work goes, like uh, I'm a big uh, big bust man. I like the large uh, chested women. Um, you, you really you got indulged last night, didn't you? No, oh, <laughs> boy, was my girlfriend pissed. <laughs> oh my God, was she pissed? I called her up uh, today about noon at work and uh, hung up the phone immediately. Although she's so polite, she wouldn't really hang up on me. She just said, "I'm going to hang up, so you must hang up first, so I can hang up." And uh, uh, she talked me into it eventually, but she was so pissed off. We had these uh, Morell sisters in uh, last night. They did Oosa. this. Uh, I noticed you got you got right out of. You knew you were in, in shaky territory. Adam walked right out of yeah. here last night. He usually hangs out for a talk. He was out of here. Oh, he wanted to have his alibi I, I got all set. Such a ass kick in today and you know the thing about it is and uh, women are so uh oh they're so frightening this way uh, and then we'll get to the whole uh, gay topic but we have these uh they're great looking but they are um I, they're twins but they don't got a full brain between the two of them i mean they, yeah. they they really don't i think they share the same brain wouldn't you say that drew yeah, there's okay. something going on. <laughs> yeah. you know when drew goes along yeah. with my yeah, sweeping insults it's bad <laughs> Uh, or a uh, night early, you're saying. So, huh? No, they're very nice. They're in last night. Very nice. Uh, they, they've had a few problems in their past. Yeah. Uh, they're working it out uh, via um, uh, their therapy is uh, um, uh, lesbian three ways and sake shots. But uh, that's their own way of working on it. Can but, I have a plan? Um, I said, you know, I was trying to salvage a rough night, so I kept asking them to pull their top up, uh, which they, which they uh, did. I can see why you're in trouble now. But my girlfriend did not tune in during the first break when I was so pissed off at these two that yeah. I was yelling at them to get out of the studio. She uh, 
tuned in uh, 45 minutes later after uh, we had uh, broken bread, and I was asking them to pull their tops up repeatedly. <laughs> and, and and mentioned that uh, when she turned the radio on, the first thing she heard me say was, pull up your top. There, there, is, a, there is a Murphy's Law that has oh. to deal with that, I'm sure, that if, if she was going to catch five minutes of the show, it would be that five oh. minutes. Oh. I'm familiar with this phenomenon. And then uh, the worst part is, is uh, once you're looking at the naked breast, you go on this sort of autopilot uh, thing, uh, pardon the pun with the last call there and you start saying stuff that the producer <laughs> ann was reminding me of uh today on What'd the you phone <laughs> you know we're going over the hotel later you know me and engineer mike are gonna you know stop at the atm and we'll swing by the motel <laughs> and uh, blah, you, knew you blah, had blah. to be home on time then huh? oh, uh, <laughs> uh anyway so uh uh, I really took a beating today, but uh, uh, but I really didn't like these girls at all, and that was the irony of it. Usually, I'm just lying when I say oh, I wasn't attracted to them at all. They did nothing for me. That it's just an, an out and out lie. But these two, I didn't like. Did I, Drew? <laughs> no, we both had a real problem with them when they got here. Yeah, I really, I really thought they were going to have to be kicked out. Yeah, I mean, there were... I started. I how many guests have I fought with? Uh, not many. I was fighting. I know there were uh, anyway. All right. Uh, could you guys pull up your chops real quick? Uh, <laughs> just for my girlfriend, she wants to even it out. We're not that tight. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then the great thing is when you get in these arguments. With, I bet you we get our girlfriends to do that. Though. Oh, really? Well, I got some glass there. <laughs> the, the greatest is when they go, uh, a, um, a girlfriend goes, how would you like it if I went to work and asked some guy to pull his penis out and wave it around? Would that be okay if I said it was my job? And, you know, you do that like male BSing. Well, if it was part of your job. I think I would. Uh, yeah, we're right. You'd be drunk down there with a knife, you know. All right. So uh, if you're gay, that's fine. If you're into the big brass, that's fine. If you're into getting uh, beaten with um, a uh, timing belt, that's fine. But just don't talk about it at work because uh, some guy could freak out and fire you. That's right. That's all. Yeah, everyone doesn't need to know where you're coming from all the time sexually. Uh, that's why it's called work, everybody. Amy. Oh, uh, yeah. You're 15. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I have a question, and basically I just need advice. Um, a really good friend of mine, she's 17, um, she's been hurt a lot in the past in relationships, and she, I guess, has told me that she really likes me a lot, but she's really afraid of getting into a relationship because she doesn't want to get hurt again. You're a lesbian? Yeah. Hmm. And, well, I don't know, I, I'm very rarely attracted to guys. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while I'll find one, but not... Not often at all. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I really would like to be in a relationship with her, but I also feel like I don't want to rush her because I don't want her to get into anything she really doesn't want to be Is in. Is she a lesbian? Huh? Is she a lesbian? Um, she's been, I don't know, she said she's had like some some feelings for girls before, but I'm the only one that she's, she thinks she's at regret. Why do you think she's had all these trouble with relationships? Where does that stem from? Um, her. I know her dad left. Like when she was three and was never heard of again. And what was he like when he was around? Um, he really wasn't even around when he was around. How about the stepdads or other guys? That uh, came her around? stepdad's really nice. I've actually met him a few times. He's he's a really nice guy. Okay. He's he's kind of been her dad. All right, but Amy's fifteen. Yeah, I I don't understand the the need or or the desire to to get into a relationship right away. I mean, have you dated or? I mean, it, it seems to me that you know any relationship any type of relationship that you know you're young and you should you should date you should see people you should see other people and, and kind of let things i mean i think relationships something that kind of you know dating kind of you know that road kind of takes you down and, and you end up in a relationship but uh 
I mean, I, I don't get the sense that, I mean, have you dated, have you, have you done any of the things that lead up to relationship? Yeah. Oh, okay. With yeah, her? Yeah, we have. I mean, because we were, we attempted to be in a relationship before, but it just got too hectic because she gets, she every once in a while, like, mm. her past will come yeah. back and she'll start thinking about a lot and, of things. And what's the matter with her past? She's been hurt a lot. I mean, she's been hurt, like, severely well, a she's lot. She's 15. What, what happened? She's, seven, she's 17. She's almost 18. Hmm. Have you had a sexual relationship with her? No. Uh, Amy? Yeah? I'm getting the feeling that uh, you two are coming together, not uh, in a real natural way, but more because uh, you've both been screwed over enough. You're looking not to get screwed over again. Well, I've never really been screwed over, though. All right, stop screwing with all my theories, uh, <laughs> would you, Amy? <laughs> Brian laid one down, now I laid one down, and stop being so damn combative. I'm going to start putting these people on hold so they don't argue with me. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I'm still not uh, giving you the big thumbs up on this one. It just feels like this you're is 15. something that you guys are doing because you're uh, frustrated and tired of looking. Confused. And confused. And, and you're not really supposed to plan relationships this way either. You're just supposed to, when you're young, you're supposed to date and sort of... Uh, let the uh, let the uh, panties fall where they may. <laughs> Am I right, Drew? Nope. I'm not. I don't know. What Shut the heck up. Are you know about? I'm right. All right. All right. I'm done. Yeah. All right. We're gonna wrap the show early tonight. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> All right. Uh, we Thanks gave for it, having us. We gave it 20 minutes. It's uh, not worked out. And the new policies. We just cut our losses, and we're gonna. Uh, <laughs> we got some old tapes from the BBC back before Benny Hill got on uh, got on the TV. We're gonna play some of those. Uh, Drew. Uh, sure. Okay. Sounds good. Oh. How happy would you be to drive home right now? You love your job, don't you? I do. But you love your car, your wife, and your kids more, right? That's true. That's right. But you know how you can afford uh, the wife, the kids, and the car? The job. That's right. Got to keep right. telling yourself that, don't you? <laughs> Ryan Hurd is here, and so is uh, PJ Jones. These guys are going to be doing the uh, Toyota Grand Prix of uh, Long Beach coming up. Uh, well, the race is on Sunday. Sunday. The uh, celebrity race that I've been passed over again for, uh, I guess it's about the 14th year, although I don't count the first uh, 13 years because I wasn't a celebrity. And uh, also they have the uh, go-kart race. Is that on uh, Friday? I don't think so. That's not on Friday. I don't think they have that. Indy Lights. Oh, Indy Lights. Form Atlantic. I think your guy, uh, your guy, Kevin, is it, was uh, saying that no go-karts or did I throw that in? Oh, no, you were talking about you guys racing go-karts together when you were younger. They used uh, to have the go-kart right. races because I did. went down there both in like 85. Did. We're both Southern California natives, so. And you guys uh, raced. Uh, I got to get into this go-kart race. And when we come back, do you have an old cart you could lend me? Sure do. <laughs> really? I can even take you out there. Really? Yeah. All right. I want to get into this. I went down to that uh, speed zone the other day and kicked a little ass, got my adrenaline up. Uh, I was there tonight. Oh, you were? Yeah. What are you absolutely. doing, signing autographs yeah, or something? absolutely. All right, I wasn't. I was waiting in line with the rest of the chumps. <laughs> but talk to me. Uh, although when the guy tried to toss me off the go-kart track for, like, driving the wrong direction and ramming into my friends, and uh, I, I insist on bringing a six-pack in my car with me, uh, he, he came he come running over to me, this, like, 17-year-old kid, and he goes, You! You're out of here! I've had enough of this! You're going to... Hey, it's Adam Carolla. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Oh, okay, go get back in line. <laughs> oh, finally. Finally, celebrity things paying off. All right, we'll be back. Love Line. Be right back in a minute. Hi, this is John Favreau, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. 
Yes, you is. Drew has a uh, epileptic seizure every time he hears John Favreau say his name. I don't know why. He seems like a nice guy to me. Yeah, me too. I can't explain he, it. He makes movies, so I'm kissing his ass. Just like I'm going to kiss uh, PJ's ass so he can uh, get me into one of them go-karts. PJ Jones and Brian Hurd are both here. These guys are racing in the uh, Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach uh, coming up uh, this weekend. And, yeah, I guess it's uh, qualifications Friday, celebrity race Saturday, and the big race on Sunday. And uh, there's a little, uh, we have to uh, correct something technically. It's uh, 2.65 liters, at least. Uh, that is a displacement right. on the engines, uh, not a 1.6. Well, now, you, now you know why they don't let me work on them. He doesn't know anything about these engines. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Been like driving around with a damn 1.65 engine in my car. Maybe here. that's, my, had maybe that's my problem. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, is uh, let me just do a little bit of uh, math here so everyone understands. Uh, the, these cars, it's it's 60 cubic inches per liter. So a point. Uh, Six is like, um, I, I don't know, 100, 150 cubic inches. Now they get, you know, 800 plus horsepower out of 150 cubic inches, whereas a Mustang has like, uh, a Mustang has like a 350 or 300 cubic inch engine, or some of these old muscle cars had like a 500 cubic inch engine. But the point is, is they have engines in your streetcar two, three times the size of this engine putting out uh, one quarter the horsepower right. if we have they're it. lucky. But we got the turbocharger and that that makes up a world of difference. We had uh, back a couple years ago, we were racing in the GTP cars with Toyota and we had a four cylinder 2.1 liter and we were making almost 900 horsepower out right. of a four cylinder. But we, of course, we had 140 inches of boost. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, that all comes though via the, uh, high RPMs. You have no, no pull, no low end, uh, when you're not revving it. So that's why you have to have those kind of engines screaming constantly to keep the boost up, right? It's kind of like a two cycle, actually. It's not like a motorcycle. Engine, right. Almost. Right. Jeez, I should, uh, I should be in the pits. I should be down there. Can I hold a uh, chalkboard up like uh, when you guys make a lamp, just like a you know big penis on it or a happy <laughs> face or like some religious symbol that confuses you, like John three sixteen? I, I I think you could do that anyways. I mean, just anybody in the stands could just walk down to the edge. I think just get out the rain, board out, get know? out the Why rainbow uh, wig and uh, hit the stands. But you guys can set me up for some uh, passes and stuff, right? Oh yeah. And uh, PJ, we're going to uh, talk about this uh, carding business. I want yeah. to get into this go-kart stuff. Drew, you want to do that? No. Okay. Uh, we already talked to him. He said he has no interest. Three kids. He's a doctor. You know how the doctors are. Yeah. They think you're going to get hurt doing everything. Meanwhile, he drives 200 miles an hour. <laughs> Drew catches air leaving the parking lot of Loveline. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like the streets of San Francisco. When he leaves, he doesn't do it now because he got some new wheels. But when he was driving the Volvo wagon, and I guess it's because the thing is long, but it's pretty low. It's like a hearse, this Volvo way. It's like a Swedish-made hearse. Right. Sparks flying out of the front end of the car uh, every day. He had to uh, take part of a shopping cart and uh, weld it onto the front of the car because he kept going through oil pans. Yeah. You know, I get a kick out of these type of guys because you know, they say, oh, no, I wouldn't want to do that. It's dangerous, and I have no interest. I don't really like motor racing. And then all of a sudden, you finally get them to the racetrack. Or you finally get them in a go-kart or something or a driving school, and you can't get them out of the seat. And here they are, full-on racing go-karts, coming to every race. And yeah. Well, that's how. Uh, that's uh, that's why I don't play Nintendo. I'm scared I'm going to get some momentum with right, it, and right. it's going to be one more way to... Uh, I'm already hooked on uh, napping and uh, the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> this be one more way to waste my life. All right, uh, Carrie. 
Yeah. You're 19. Uh, yeah. Um, I had a question for Dr. Drew mm-hmm. um, about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a baby about four months ago. Uh, Drew, and... can we take some uh, calls that are a little more uh, provocative, perhaps? <laughs> Just the ones tailor-made for you? All right, go ahead. Um, and I, I'm also on Depo Rivera, mm-hmm. and I, I still, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's just postpartum or if it's just regular depression because my family has a history of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do still go through times where I'm just depressed um, for any reason, and um, I was just wondering if maybe Depo Rivera can um, add to that. Uh, let me ask or... a couple of questions. How long ago was the delivering? Uh, about four months. Four months ago. And had you ever had depressed periods like this at any other point in your life? Yes, I have. And w- were you on Devil Provera in a, at any other point as well? Um, yeah. And I did that right make before you... I got pregnant. And did it, it, you got pregnant on Devil Provera? Um, no, I didn't go back for my second shot. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you get depressed when you were on it then? No. Okay, no. so so it's probably a postpartum depression. And, and that okay, can be but... quite serious. Is I mean, Pop still around? Yeah, I'm married. Oh, you are? Yeah. I mean, postpartum depression tends to be a biological reaction to the tremendous hormonal changes and vascular changes that women go through. It changes the chemistry of the brain. I don't uh, have any, as a male, I cannot uh, identify with that. Although I do know uh, that once in a while after a uh, nice outing to the commode, they have to wipe the tear away yeah. on the way back uh, to imagine. the studio. <laughs> you know, there's a little feeling of loss there. Something you've been carrying for uh, some hours now. It meant something to you. It once was perhaps a pizza or Diablo sandwich. I've seen now some come to this. Very dramatic postpartum depression. I saw one woman that became psychotic. The husband really wasn't aware of what was going on. She was withdrawn, acting strangely, and ended up getting extremely psychotic, like a delirious, where she was to believe people were on fire and was throwing water. And then when I, when I first met her, I was asked to evaluate her in the hospital. She was crawling around her stomach, chewing on the carpet. It was, I mean, real wild, bizarre stuff. And then, what about your wife? And that has a, no, that's her usual behavior. That, <laughs> I was going to say, I've met her, yeah. Uh, but that, you know, it gives you a sense of just how biologically profound these, these episodes can be. And it's very common. But don't you gotta, have, uh, you know, don't you gotta be pretty close already? No. Mm-mm. Really not. This woman not. was, um, yes. a picture of sanity before uh, this? Yeah. Amazingly. Mm. Because I, I I didn't see her before. I saw. Yeah, but listen, when period. they interview the neighbors after the guy snaps and goes on a uh, killing spree, the hunting rifle, what do they always say? But that's the thing about postpartum Very depression. Very normal. But that's Very the thing about average. postpartum depression. Very likable. It does tend to, <laughs> to just precipitate out in someone who really doesn't have any obvious predisposing. It's always funny when they talk to the yeah. neighbor, isn't it? Yeah, Did right. you know the guy was a homicidal maniac? Uh, yeah, that's why I moved in next to him, you a-hole. Of course I didn't know. For Christ's sake. It's the stupidest question in the world. All right, so Carrie? Yeah. No more kids. Well, I'm not saying that. Agree with I think you. you ought to pursue treatment because it can really impair your ability to sustain your relationship with your husband and care for your child. And it is something that, because it is so profoundly biological, it tends to respond extraordinarily well to medication. All right. Here's a, here's a little better question. Oh, no. I thought this was a sperm one. All right. Uh, we got a good sperm question. <laughs> <up>. Where? <laughs> well, oh, there's something there. All right. All right uh, Pedro. Yeah. Um, this question for PJ and Brian. Yep. Uh, I... I want to be part of racing i mean you guys have any suggestions on how i can get started a racing team you know yeah i'd like to get in the opera Pedro. Uh, any any suggestions yeah well there's a big lack because of uh the competing series against us uh there's a big lack of crew members and uh and uh team people and uh you know you can call cart and uh 
and and get some phone numbers of some teams and send some resumes if you have any kind of mechanical background. Uh, no, I don't. You, where, where can I get like started? I mean, from... hey, what's your nationality? Uh, Mexican. Don't they have any kind of affirmative action over there where they need like <laughs> one black guy and one Mexican guy and uh, hey, one I'm Eskimo a, in each pit or a, something? A Mexican just beat us all last week in Adrian. Yeah, Fernandez. I, I saw it. Yeah. 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 Call him. <laughs> he probably works on his own car, that Adrian. Yeah, he don't need a pit. I mean, I, I think it's like any job. I mean, if you if you if you're uh, ambitious and you, and you're willing to put in the time and and call the teams and and look around and tell them, look, you know, I want to get involved. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, I'm willing to learn and start at the bottom. Then uh, you know, there's that, that's the way to do it. There's a lot of different jobs. You don't have to be mechanically coordinated. I mean, there's a ton of jobs that I mean, you wouldn't even believe that. I mean, we. My team employs, I and mean, we're one of the larger teams. We employ 150 people, and uh, so there's a numerous amount of jobs that that you in in areas of racing you can get involved in. I, uh, PJ was telling me off the air that one of the fluffers got a venereal disease, and they're looking uh, for someone else to step in. <laughs> Start fluffing. Uh, yeah. I must be. Maybe a I didn't know. I didn't know any teams had fluffers. Oh yeah. Well, you're not. We uh, got a couple. Yeah, the Jones family. <laughs> well, I mean, they've yeah. been around for a while. You, you understand? That. Maybe your kids will uh, get a fluffer. <laughs> now, I, listen, get in early and get in. Uh, just go intern somewhere or just go get involved. Drew, you'll uh, like this story. I, I had uh, dinner last night with uh, three or four guys. All of them met when they were interning for Letterman uh, in co while in college. Huh. Uh, one of them uh, works for Seinfeld now, just signed some big multi-million dollar uh, deal. Uh, the other guy uh, works for The Simpsons. The other guy is the guy staying at my house and working on my show. Yeah, he's and, still and, a miserable failure. Yeah. Oh, he's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I wake yeah. him up the fart every every morning. <laughs> And uh, uh, the point is, is all these guys are terribly successful now and make tons of money. As a matter of fact, these guys don't do anything, and they make eight times as much as you and me, Drew. So your point is uh, get a job with Letterman Show? My point is is go intern somewhere. Stop looking for a big in everywhere. You know, everybody wants that, uh, hey, uh, PJ, head. can you talk to your dad and get me a job? Like um, uh, giving you the water bottle or something. You know, they want to go right up to, uh, right toward the top when you just need to start, prove yourself, and get involved. Am I right, Drew? You're right, Adam. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't do work that. Work hard. Though. I work hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got yeah, to work hard. Brent. Yeah. Yeah, you're 27. <clears throat> yeah. What's going on? Okay. Uh, is there any kind of vitamin or food that you can take a lot of to make you come more? Mm -hmm. Create more semen? Right. No. What? No. You mean a, a green M&M deal like doesn't work? No. Why do you care, Brad? Well, you can do what I do, which is um, I will, uh, before the sexual encounter, go ahead and pack my urethra with uh, some saved-up semen that I uh, got from uh, the night before. That way, it's like I have a little extra extra bit, you know, just on the... Uh, just on the, the uh, the runway there, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, Drew? Yeah, but the urethral packing has been uh, forbidden by the Olympic Committee. So. <laughs> it's the blood doping and yeah. uh, urethral packing, and no, so I Brent, think fudge packing may be on that uh, list too with the Olympic Committee. Yeah, Brent. Well, yeah, wouldn't it be? Would it make sense that if you came more, you'd feel more pleasure? No. You don't think so? I, I think so. I think if you came for an hour, Drew, at least forty-five minutes of that would be good. <laughs> Well, you're 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 set up the way you're set up, and there's no changing that. Okay. 
he couldn't uh, rest his uh, testicles yes, in a glass rest. of warm water or you, something no, overnight. But you, but you can rest for a while, and uh, if you wait uh, longer in between episodes, there will be more, and it will be more intense. I'm not, I'm not going to no experiment food, huh? with that. No, there's no magic. You don't mess with Mother Nature. I think uh, I, I got to believe the hoagie has some sort of <laughs> mystical powers when it comes to this. All real guys eat hoagies, and they seem to produce a lot of sperm. All right. All right. So uh, hoagie or uh, one of them uh, uh, beef, uh, one of those uh, cheese, uh, Philly cheese steaks. I think that's another good sperm producer. All right. All right. Moron. Guy's 27 years old. He's <laughs> asking the question. Yeah, I want to produce a bucket of sperm. Is there some kind of multi-sperm vitamin I could take? Oh, Jesus. All right, Drew? Yeah. You're not uh, going to pick another? You want to sell a call? No. This has been two uh, interesting nights for me. Why? Our guest last night and our caller tonight. Oh, oh man. Listen, but have you ever been more thrilled uh, to have... Uh, uh, no, our guests are nice. Our guests in here yeah. tonight? Oh, these girls were such a headache last night. It's the only way I could salvage a nice if they pulled their shirts up. <laughs> it was the only... Uh, am I right, Engineer Mike? Mike, who uh, hasn't had sex since uh, um, uh, Vietnam, I think, when... Uh, when, and that wasn't more more rape, actually. But the point is, is he talked to me in the hall, and he said, I've never been less attracted to two women. And these were very attractive women. And Engineer Mike, usually personality, doesn't even work into the into the fold at all. So uh, you know there was trouble. But, well, you know, by the end of the night, I think uh, I think we got along. That's right. good for us, though. It's, it's, it's easy for us to be the good guests. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to follow up. That's right. You, we didn't want to come in here and hear about, oh, we had the best guests ever last night. No. Yeah, we might let you down, yeah. then, you know? No, it's, uh, it, it's like if uh, the opening uh, comedian just uh, came out there and uh, uh, was uh, made a bunch of off-color jokes and bombed horribly. They're just dying, just dying for you guys to come out and give them some real entertainment. And uh, they'll get some real entertainment this weekend. You think these guys are good guests. You ought to see them drive. Have you ever seen him drive? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll go to break. Well, we got to get you to the racetrack. Sure. Hey, how about Sunday, Drew? Sunday. Sunday. You know, you know my Sunday. whole family's recovering yeah. from the chicken pox okay. right now. Uh, All right, Drew. You know, they always have an excuse. I'll be there, guys. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Phone number is 1-800-LOVE-191. We'll be right back. One oh one five K Rock. Hey, this is Fiona Apple, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Corolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, you is. Phone number for Love Line one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Fax number three one zero eight five four four two four fifty five. Brian Herda, our good old friend Brian Herda, has uh, come yes. to grace us with his presence again. And uh, our good new friend PJ Jones are both in here tonight. These guys are, um, wait a minute, this is uh, Cart? Cart. Yes, these are uh, Cart Racers. And Champ Cars. Champ Cars? Champ Cars. Right. It's a and, new and term. Everybody's what, confused about it. We just changed names. What? Now, to most people, the Carts uh, and the, um, uh, what was the other one? The IRL. The IRL and the uh, Formula One One all look, thank you, about the same. They do. Yeah. They're all open wheel. To a man. Here's the basic difference. Formula One, uh, technologically, the cars are a little more advanced. Basically, they they race throughout Europe and around the world. Right. uh, And they only do road courses. The IRL 
uh, again, is an open wheel type car. They look kind of similar. They only do ovals. And then, right. And they so do, they don't I have think, to worry about the handling yeah. and as much shifting. I think they've and got about eight stuff, races right. a year. And then our series. Probably the least sophisticated yeah. is IRL. And then our cars are, uh, in terms of sophistication, somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we do 19 races. We race mainly in the United States, but we also go, we just got, we race Saturday in Japan. Right. Uh, uh. And we do some overseas races and, uh, we race on all different types of tracks, street circuits, road courses, short ovals, and super speedway type ovals. Is, um, is, is Long Beach a tough track in terms of passing or, or tough in terms of, in any other ways? Easy to drive on. Yeah, it's it's a very it's simple track. Layout. We keep losing a little bit of Long Beach. You know, the city keeps expanding and and you know getting more sophisticated, mm-hmm. and we keep losing parts of the racetrack. Next year, they're supposed to give us a new part of the racetrack to go over by their new aquarium, and make it a little bit more you know uh, complicated than it has been. But right. now it's got you know a couple corners at each end and two big long straightaways and. Uh, it's tough to pass. All street circuits are pretty much hard to pass on. Right, because they're fairly narrow. We, uh, I, when I went to the race, uh, and this was a, a good ten years ago, I was by one section. I was at the end of a straightaway, and the straightaway went into a very tight corner. Not quite a hairpin, but a very tight corner. And these cars, uh, the acceleration is so uh, spectacular on these cars, and the braking is so amazing that. Really, what I I was right by the curve, and these cars were coming in 150 miles an hour. And for the first mm, two hours I was there, every car that went by me, I went, "Oh my God, he's going into the wall!" <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you just start, heard them downshifting and locking up the the tires, and they just go like they were on uh, rails right across this thing. But I, from where I was sitting, it looked like the throttle had stuck, and these guys were just going to go straight. Like you would have backed off that throttle. Uh, uh, 50 acres ago and these guys were just on it right right until it looked like i said it's like something jammed and they're going into the wall and then they all downshifted fire coming we're talking, out we're talking like four g's under braking i mean that's it, it's a pretty extensive i mean you're it stops right now I and mean, we got big brakes we got a lot of tire all right but the matterhorn is 5g so don't <laughs> yeah. be fine come on no the space shuttle's like two and a half <laughs> <laughs> but we were just uh, in Japan the other day. We were pulling just over four and a half in the corners how, sideways. How do they, uh, where uh, where do they put that G-meter? It's got to go in your ass, right? That's right. <laughs> where, where else do you really feel that's the That's where the G? probe is. <laughs> that's the pucker meter. The main equipment is on the body of the car, but the probe with the leash uh, goes right in the ass. Where is the G? How do they figure out well, the G? We have a uh, total computer system that monitors the car. I mean, right. they, after we come in the pit, just in, plug in, mm-hmm. and uh, and they'll oh. download the whole car, and it'll tell them RPM, throttle position, and, steering angle, and keys. It is, as a racer, you have to go over that and then see that uh, maybe uh, you shifted too early here or you uh, should have been in a lower gear uh, on this part of the track or something. I mean, it's kind of a mechanical it's very, it's critiquing, self-effacing. isn't it? You, cannot, you can't lie anymore. I mean, the old the old guys you know, used to be able to come in, oh, I'm flat through that corner. Right. You can't do it anymore. Cause right. They, you, you can't know. say that the mixture's wrong and coming off that uh, it wasn't it was it was too rich or something because the whole thing's out there in a computer. It's kind of like right. Kit without uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah, and it doesn't talk you don't to know you, thank God. Kit's the name of uh, the Knight Rider car. Thank you. That's thank what you. I love about Drew. I was telling Drew, oh, it's like that scene from uh, The Shining the other day. And he was, hmm? <laughs> Shining? Uh, scary movie? Uh, came out uh, about uh, 15 years ago. Never, no? Uh, never saw Remember it. Red Rum, Red Rum. Never saw it. Here's John. Never saw it. I saw it to, like five times. I have to work with a guy who's never been out of the house. He tunnels into the studio every night so he doesn't see daylight. 
Hector. Yeah, hi. You're 22. Hi, guys. Yeah, uh, I was calling. I think I'm addicted to cyber sex, and I can't stop. My, my grades are dropping. I, I need to know how I can stop because I'm pretty nervous. I, I'm, I used to be an A student. I'm, a, I'm a getting Ds and Fs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe just getting stupid. No, no, no. They never I'm, say that when the grades drop. What? That's why I'd be a great principal. Have no, you... no, I used to be a good student. Now I'm just, uh, I, I, all I think about is like getting more cyber sex, and I, I, it's really troubling, you know. You're 22? Yeah. What are you doing? Going to grad school? No, I'm in uh, junior university. Yeah? Not junior college. All right, all right. What are you studying? Uh, political science. Mm-hmm. Well, the the sexual uh, part of the call and the politics seem to yeah. seem to I be a pretty like, decent marriage. Maybe, maybe maybe I don't get out enough, but and I know it has something to do with the computer. But what what exactly is cyber sex? So I mean, it's like how does that work? When you type it up, and it's kind of hard because uh, I can't like type with one hand, you know. They so, uh, <laughs> yeah, get sticky. Yeah, but you're like communicating with somebody else. Yeah, and like usually girls, but. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, but you don't theory. know. You don't know if they're actually girls, right? In theory, they're. Can, uh, can you ladies. see what they look like? No, you can't. Yeah, see, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, that, see, that's the way to. Got to be a visual. Is, oh, absolutely. Just. Yeah, I'm not into that. I don't even like the sound up when I watch a porn movie. Hector, have you been depressed lately at all? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I used to talk to a counselor, but he said I was okay. I just because I had like a drinking problem before. All right, well, sexual compulsions uh, can be a part of a true addictive process, particularly people that have alcoholism. Uh -huh. And if you really want to do something about this, uh, first of all, if you, in fact, were an alcoholic, you should be involved in AA. Okay. Or, or the alcohol or some behavior like this is going to manifest. You could just start by going to AA for a while, getting a sponsor, and seeing if some of this stuff doesn't settle down by itself. If it doesn't, with just that, there is SA, which is for sexual compulsives, and it's a okay. similar program. And it's like free. Because I don't know where to go or anything. Go start with AA and get connected there, and uh, they they can tell you where SA is as well. There's there's a uh, some very interesting material. Their 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 big book, their book that they use to sort of uh, teach you about your disorder is is very accurate and very telling. You might have something you might learn something from it. So I and, go back and talk to my counselor then. Or? Well, if you're depressed, I and mean, that's my other question. You know, the most common reason for gr grades dropping in somebody mm, your age or younger is depression. Now, if you're getting depressed because you can't control your behaviors, that's one thing. But if you're manifesting these behaviors as a way of trying to contain depression, yeah. um, the depression does need to be treated. I, w I would say just start by going to AA because I, I don't see how you can maintain any kind of abstinence if you, in fact, are an alcoholic without some sobriety. Okay? Do you have a girlfriend? I know. No, I haven't had one for like five years. Mm, he's got this uh, trucker from Modesto who he thinks is his girlfriend via the computer, but... Uh, <laughs> guy's in his 40s. I hope not. All right, Hector, you know what you need to do? What? I, uh, I hate to be so candid. Uh, what fine. Drew said is uh, it's fine, but that's a long-term problem. Here, here's what you got to do. Next time you get horny, yeah. uh, you need to just masturbate real fast, and then you'll be right on to other things. I, oh. I, I, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. You get a, you get an hour and a half wrapped up into this. Uh, I'm going down to the video store. I wonder why your grades go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do, do this. Or I'm going to put on the slow motion and the rewind and the fast forward. And uh, two hours later, pfft, um, and you think to yourself, oh, Jesus, I could have got that over with in three minutes. <laughs> Please. And it's all the same at the end. The problem with guys is they masturbate like it's the last time they're ever going to do it. The reality is it's only about, uh, about two hours before they're back on. On it again. Just get it over with, guys. You can move on. Get down to the garage. Start turning them wrenches. Get, uh, get some uh, get some real stuff. All right, Brian Herta and PJ Jones are both here. These guys are racing the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach coming up uh, this Sunday, and 
We'll be back. I feel so liquidy. Really? Why? You're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Loveline, I'll be right back. Hey, this is Jeff. And this is Emerson. We're half of Tonic, and you're listening to Loveline. With Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. You're really craving. I'm so craving. <laughs> I so need a cigarette. Uh, I like those Tonic guys. We haven't seen them in a while. No, we haven't. They had an album, like, come out, and they had a hit, and then they we missed them and everything. They went away? Where'd they go? Tonic, they, had, they were getting some airplay and stuff, weren't they? I think they record another album right now. All right. Let's get Tonic back on here. All I right. like those guys. Brian Hurd and PJ Jones are here. They are not in a band. They race We're, we're the other half of Tonic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we'll take our little uh, top of the hour 10-second break, and we'll be uh, back in just that much time. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Huh? Huh? Put the headphones on. Ten seconds, oh, guys. Am, Come man. on, listen up now. Oh, these guys are prima donna. <laughs> race car drivers. Yeah, you know, take them. our helmets off. Yeah, but, but Adam, you sort of slipped into a coma there during that ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Brian was trying to talk to you. You're like, huh? Huh? What? Oh. I had my headphones on, for Christ's sake. B.J. Jones and uh, Brian, uh, I'm going to talk to you while your headphones is on. Uh, heard of. Or both here, and I, I'm sorry, Brian. What were you well, that's saying? That's quite. Right. I was just trying to relate my tonic story. I I, I did a an appearance last year, and uh, they were the band for the for the appearance, and uh, they were great. And there was about twelve people there. Oh, really? Yeah, at the at the Hollywood Athletic Club. Yeah, oh. their turnout was terrible. Oh. Uh, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't publicized that they were going to be there. Uh, but yeah, it was like concert. Well, you got twelve people. They were they were great. And you got to figure like three of those uh, came for you. <laughs> I yeah, mean, well, yeah. You got to figure they only had like nine people show yeah. up. <laughs> All right. Done making fun of the guests now. These guys, I want to ask you, uh, first off, uh, John Cryer is coming in uh, tomorrow night, who's uh, a real nice guy. I think he's got a new series uh, coming up. You remember him as Ducky Boy? Uh, actually, this guy's done a lot of movies and a lot of series, but uh, none of them come to mind. Can you think of any, Drew? John Cryer, pretty yeah. pink. That yeah, him? that was Ducky Boy there. Any other ones? Partners? Oh, yeah. They had, like, uh, right. That was on, uh, like, two years ago or something. Hiding Out? Wasn't that him? Yes. <laughs> Being outdone by a uh, race car driver, Drew. How does that feel? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, let me ask <laughs> you, Drew. Let me, let me ask the, uh, the, the uh, makeup of the, of the two guests we have here, PJ and Brian. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys we get in who are uh, what you call thrill seekers. Right. You know, they're addicted to weed. Right. They're a little nuts. No, this isn't that. No, no, no. I no, you shut his mic for a second, would you, Andrew? Mike, I don't even jump it in anymore. They got the tattoos, they got the nose earrings, uh, they're into the speed metal or the uh, punk rock, right? Mm -hmm. Now these guys are, are literally uh, are addicted to this lifestyle uh, much more than. Uh, listen, I'd rather bungee jump than go 200 miles an hour in a, a city street in one of these cars in terms of the danger level. It'd be uh, I'd, I'd feel much safer doing the bungee jumping or the snowboarding or what have you. Why don't these guys have the tattoos and the uh, genital piercings? My mic on. Thank you. Yeah, uh, they're not antisocial. There's no antisocial quality. Yeah, but why not? Why? How do they have the the thrill 
I'm not sure that the thrill is so much a thing for them as as sort of co- intense competitiveness because you know they they use, they have tremendous support and structure and they're not they're not thrill seeking individualists and and uh, you know striking out on their own they're, they're part of a big team. Plus, I mean, and, you, you know, we're doing it's like, like being like an airline pilot or something. I mean, you're doing a 500 mile race. I mean, you bungee jumps like ah, you know, right. the thrill, boom, right. you're done. You know, you try and be thrilled for you know three hours. Yeah, try running 240 around Fontana. Three hours. No, no. <laughs> it, start, more, it starts a, seeming like work. yeah, much more of a competitive, yeah. Uh, yeah. systematic kind of well-structured. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not into, we're not into scaring ourselves. Yeah. Just curious <laughs> what the what the uh, what the take was uh, on on Drew's uh, behalf. That's all. Just uh, and the uh, tattoos, man. We couldn't get these great sponsors like Castro and Toyota to support yeah. us. So. So we, we you mean like uh, with the, like the uh, big keep on truck and tent uh, yeah. on your uh, forearm and a nose. Let's see if, if, if they if you had an antisocial thread, you'd you'd blow it off and you'd get the tattoos anyway. Right. And yeah, you say it's the man trying to keep you down, and you're just going to go do it, and it's uh, you're going to change yeah. everything. Right. Right. And then we'd be working at Wendy's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dave. Yeah. Hey, you're 23. Yep. You're on Loveline. Alrighty. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you guys you got an awesome show. I've been listening to you for quite a while since I was living in L.A. Um, back when Ricky was still on, wow. still on with you. Where are you living now? San Luis Obispo. Oh, don't call me San Louis. San Luis Obispo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what is it with you guys over there getting <laughs> uptight about uh, calling it San Louis? Well, I, ain't, I ain't got no problem. Oh, yeah. It. Well, you just moved. <laughs> no, they, don't call that uh, San Louis to a local. They get all pissed off, and it's like, hey, relax. You guys uh, you, you guys make baskets and sell weed, for Christ's sake. What's going on, Dave? Don't do anything <laughs> over Help. there. You're, the, you're, you're where you stop to piss in between here and Frisco, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and you're getting all pissed off. It's called San Louis. Give us a I break. Right. I've been here for three years. I, I consider myself a local, and it don't bother me none. So, Well, this beautiful country. Over there. Beautiful. What's oh, up, yeah. Dave? <laughs> just, oh, actually, just realized uh, we don't want to piss him off too much. Yeah. <laughs> the question's for Brian. Yep. Um, I was wondering if the uh, rumors about Ray Hall's re- retirement this year was true. No, yeah, it's not even a rumor. He's retiring. This is his last year. Really? Yeah. He's sort of the player coach, right? Right, yeah. He's my team owner and my teammate. Yeah. And uh, I he, think after last weekend, he was thinking of retiring. A yeah, bit I think he, wished, he might have oh, wished he yeah. did it a year ago. He got early. a pretty good accident last really week, big, right? Really big, really big. Yeah, he had a... I mean, that, that's your worst nightmare. He had a wheel bearing uh, fail on the car. Did it Put seize? it in the wall. Okay. Yeah, basically, essentially, the right front wheel bearing failed, and he's in the middle of a you know 190 mile an hour corner. And, oh, know, that's like the wing falling off an airplane, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it, basically, yeah. Actually, I mean, he's in the middle of the, about it, a 210 mile nightmare. an hour corner. I mean, do you have metallurgists and things assess all your metal? Oh metal yeah, things? I mean, but it's 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 like anything, Drew. I think uh, you know airplanes they design with a certain amount of safety in mind, but they give up. They have extra weight on board. Do things like that. Our cars, you know, we have to run them as close to the bone as you can. You got to lighten them up, and you know, pretty much they lighten it up until it breaks, and then add a little bit back. And so, I mean, you, you know, you replace parts but regularly. Something but like a wheel bearing is—they're uh, turning at such tremendous RPM for such a long uh, period of time, yeah. and it just uh, s happens, as, yeah. as they yeah. say. And but we carry we carry black box just like the airplanes, basically. And, I mean, his his impact recorded, I think, about ninety three Gs. He hit the wall at, mm, which is. Now, yeah. usually that kind of force will cause your aorta to rip apart. That well, kind of deceleration. Injury. That's that's what the car saw. But then, with our seats and the compression and the seats and the belts have a certain amount of give, your body doesn't see that kind of. G. You don't yeah. realize that maybe you guys know about this kind of injury. But when you when yeah. your body decelerates rapidly, 
there's a part of the main artery coming out of your heart's the aorta and it's sort of suspended there by a ligament and that ligament will stay stationary and the aorta will move and will rip it in half. The, yeah, this is why they say like a lot of people in uh, uh, big big time airplane crashes die right. before they hit the ground. They die from a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, no, die from uh this this uh you know the 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 sudden jerk or right. the plane's uh, cartwheeling or what have you and and they essentially uh, the aorta rips off. Right. Well, we've seen we've been seeing 160 G's on some backwards impacts like yeah. at uh, Homestead. Well, the they are spikes, and you know they are like like Brian was saying, they are the cars seeing that. And uh, well, the cars are built to collapse to prevent stuff like that. Right, so. right, right. The cars, the cars basically. Yeah, Drew, you're when talking you see about all the wheels and wings and parts flying off the car, and it looks horrific. That's actually a good thing. That's what we like. Right, to see it's because, like evil Knievel stunt yeah. car I had yeah. in the early seventies. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the problems the stock cars have is they're so strong. They're all steel framed, and it doesn't right, when they hit the wall. Uh, big cages. Right, and when they hit the wall, nothing gives. They don't and the driver takes, any energy. You know, takes all the blunt. And uh, you know what was a great invention just recently in stock car uh, driving? Not that we're going to turn this into a total racing show, but. Stock cars used to get backwards and then lift off the ground because they weren't really aerodynamically made to go backwards. Uh, when they go forward, they suck onto the ground, but the second they spun around and started going backwards for a second, they just come flying uh, up in the air, I and mean, they'd lift off like a helicopter. They put this little trap door on the roof. It's not even a trap door. It's a flap that comes up as soon as the car gets backwards, but when it's going forward, it just stays pegged to the roof, and it kept the car on the ground completely. Isn't that amazing, that thing? Yeah, it disrupted the air over the top of the uh, top of the car. And then get the lift. Yep. Long to uh, figure out that much about the roll bar, too, so... But yeah. <laughs> so, so, somehow I got away from your original question. What was yeah, it? Bob, Bobby's retiring. This is his last year. I, I, I think he's thrilled to be finishing his season up, finishing his career up. I mean, he's done everything you can possibly do in the sport. Right. And uh, this is, yeah, he's he's still going to own the team, uh, at least that's what he says, which is a good thing. So how long has he been in? Job. Twenty years? No, no, but I think fourteen, fifteen years, something like that. And uh, he has raced all different forms. I mean, he he did. Uh, I, I want to say Indy, but I know you guys get pissed off. Uh, I think no, he did the true. ones you saw at the Indy. <laughs> yeah, no, he no, did that back uh, up. Formerly known as the artist, uh, known as Indy uh, Cars, uh, he he did that right. Well, well yeah, that, up until that, about three years ago, we were uh, the series. The, the series was one, and we all right. went, and then went to the Indianapolis 500, and basically it was the same series as my dad raced in back in 1963. Now, in your dad. Uh, did your dad do uh, any of that Pikes Peak stuff? Yeah. Oh. Everything. That's Baja. the greatest race. Oh, he did like the Baja, Baja 500. Baja, stock cars, no. 1, 000, won the Baja 1000, I think, twice. Oh. Stock car racing. You believe uh, that? Drew, yeah, I, I go up someone's dirt driveway, my kidneys hurt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I got to pull over and pee a uh, hundred feet but into it. prostate, your kidneys. But oh. okay, yeah. well, the, well, they wear a kidney belt. They don't wow. wear a prostate plug, yeah, smart well, ass. In your case, but... Uh, That'd be a nice invention. <laughs> but the point is, he's got to do a thousand miles in uh, Baja. Oh. Plus, you get robbed over there, too. I mean, that's the real dangerous part of the race. Chill. Yeah. You're 28. Yes, I am. What's going on there? Well, <laughs> um, because of my history with relationships, I am extremely bitter and angry and don't trust anything with a penis anymore. What is your history? Um, well, I my first boyfriend was when I was 16. He was 19, and we'd been dating for a while. He was pushing the physical stuff with me really fast, and and I wasn't comfortable with that, but also didn't have the skills to say, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. And after two months of you know him pushing and me constantly like sort of saying no and trying to push back, 
he said, you know, we need to have a talk. And I said, okay. And he says, well, I used to be gay. Mm. And now I'm trying to go straight with you. I said, can I have a couple days to think about this? He said, sure. Um, I came back with the idea that, no, I can't handle this. This is my first relationship. I'm only 16. This is too much for me. It was just a ploy to get in your pants. That's yeah. Right. That, uh, stop me before I blow again uh, <laughs> angle. Didn't work, but... Uh... No, I don't think it was that, because now he's the head of the S&M club here in uh, the city where I live All for right. gay couples. All right, oh, so. that's nice. Yeah. Drew yeah. yeah. and I are going to drop by that uh, this weekend, I so, think. So keep going. <laughs> After the race. Um, I had another incident later, um, not too much later than that, a couple years, where I had dated someone for a couple months, and, and it was just wasn't feeling right, and I had sort of that gut intuition thing. And broke it off with him, and then two weeks after that, I was at a friend's house. We were watching the news, and his mugshot came up. And it had a name underneath that I didn't recognize. And he'd been arrested for sexual assault on a 95-year-old man. Really? Needless to say, four years after that, I didn't have a relationship. Imagine being 95, you made it 95 years, <laughs> you should have been dead eight years ago, and all of a sudden some guy's humping you and you're thinking to yourself, oh Christ, oh, I don't no. need this crap in my life. Yeah, yeah. apparently it was some don't sort of, work. I, yeah, oh. apparently it was some sort of oral sex thing, I guess. Oh, please. Who did, who did what to who? Well, apparently he was, the, uh, the guy I was dating uh, performed oral sex on this man. He well, was working at a nursing home at the time. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I, is that a crime? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, you know, they talk about these uh, people going to the uh, elderly homes and, and, you know, volunteering. I thought that's what that was about. I didn't know there's. So, Jill, uh, why do you keep choosing these uh, unavailable types? Well, um, actually, I sort of got over that pattern mm-hmm. pretty fast. I was um, actually I was a virgin until I was 26. Mm. Oh, boy, something's up. <laughs> Oh, man. We already knew that, though. Yeah, but uh, now something's really up. But she made some interesting choices and was able to assert herself, just just got in with very uh, unusual types. Yeah. Why? Um, That's a good question. Um, It seems to be now that my pattern is to pick men who are commitment phobes. Yeah, but this this is unavailable men. This is your thing. Maybe unavailable men that can't be intimate. That's that's the story of your life. Or at why? Least, yeah, they're intimate, but with the elderly. Did your dad die when you were young? Did your dad leave suddenly when you were young? No, my dad was kind of withdrawn. He was absent emotionally. Well, yeah, he he suffers pretty badly from depression and and won't get treated because he okay. feels it's a sign of weakness. All right. Well, they, mm-hmm. so you you never had a connection with a man. Uh, of any no, of any really. any model of intimacy, and so now you no. go out and seek these guys that are. Mm. It's an interesting yeah, profile. We, we make a cute couple, this uh, Jill and myself. Yeah, yeah, Adam. Are you attracted to Adam? This is the oh, acid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. perfect. We'd see each other once a month, and uh, we'd get our fill. It'd be great. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what it's about, Jill. Is that you really are are in finding creative ways? They're not abusers, but they're just not available, and they and they're sort of. Uh, Diabolically not available, you know. In yeah, but no, listen, ways. don't look at me when you say diabolical. <laughs> take them; it's very insulting. But uh, you know, these people that sort of blame the gender are uh, in for a world of hurt. There, there are plenty of great guys out there, and you go out and you find the guys 
mean, what percentage of men are uh, are sort of geriatric rapists? Uh, what, 40, 50 percent? Or would you say it's even a lower percentage than that? I don't know. Yeah, and I think in L.A. it's got to be hovering around 25 percent. But nationally, it cannot be higher than 10 percent. I know a lot of guys, and only a handful of them, have ever uh, performed a homosexual act on a 95-year-old. So you really got to scour to find guys that are capable of this. She, and it's, I, I don't know how to coach her to find guys that are more available. She has so to astute. go against her, instinct, her instincts yeah. 100%. Yeah. She has to find guys that are nice and available and you enjoy spending time with, but she's not attracted to. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, my friend Jimmy is the world's worst uh, sense of direction. So if oh, I'm yeah. a little lost and we're coming up the stop sign, I go uh, right or left, Jimmy. He goes uh, right. I go left. And I know I'm going to magically get to wherever I need to get to yeah. because he's 180 degrees off uh, all his directions. So Jill needs to just uh, turn, go 180 turn, degrees turn right whatever she wants. Yeah, when you say left, turn right. Right. Hey, uh, do they, uh, speaking of turning right, does, do, do the tracks all go the same direction? No, uh, road courses don't. The ovals, always left. Always left. Uh, so they're always going counter uh, clockwise? Yes. Yep. What do you say? I don't know. Somebody decided that? It is? Ago. Okay. Hmm. You know, like football fields all face the same direction. Right. You know, uh, uh, north and south, because uh, of the sun. They don't want the sun going down and hitting yeah, people in the, the face. Yeah, but the sun changes during the seasons. And it's, you know. Right, true. Enough of your... Uh, uh, the Rose Bowl's not the same direction as the Coliseum, is it? Huh? Okay. Drew, shut Drew's mic off. Uh, we have had enough of this. <laughs> this grilling. Please. No, you know how they go, uh, son, you got to run north and south. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, you hear like, oh, okay. You guys know how, like, when you hear, like, Bear Bryant uh, talking, he said, this guy's a straight-up north and south runner. He don't have them crazy legs. He goes north and south. I think that's, they put the fields the same direction. Because No. Really? You think it's just one of those figures of speech? Yes. Andrew, Mike, find something on the Internet. What do you beside pornography about this? Cyber sex. (laughs) I mean, you would like you would like it to be that way. No, but, but then the sun uh, sun set in the west, and wouldn't that yeah, get you right across in the, the face? It, it, yeah, but it goes. Uh, it dep- yeah, it depends what part no. of the world you're Look, in. Look, I'm going to draw. Well, right. listen, we're not talking about uh, Singapore, smart All right, ass. let's keep going. Let's go on here. Please, you believe this guy how combative he is? I you know, know, I did, I did the point was. CNN talk back live today. It was one of those shout fests. With, uh, with the, you're sitting in between Mother Love yeah. and Dr. Joyce Brothers <laughs> trying to squeeze a word yeah. in edgewise. Yeah. Oh. No, it was actually a good panel, but there was another screen. Who else? Edge. Who was on the panel? Oh, yeah, like the political pundits and the conservative columnists and all, you know, a lot, a lot of political Oh, it was an emergency so. thing because, uh, uh, Clinton? Because of Paula Jones thing, yeah. Yeah, big deal. Mm. Just because she got a makeover, they'll make it right. Sarah. Yeah. What's going on? Well, um, I'm worried about my brother. I just moved back close to home, and uh, I haven't had a whole lot of contact with him. And about two weeks ago, he told me that he was smoking marijuana daily. And I saw him over the weekend at a cookout, and he said something to me again that, uh, well, you know, I've got to take, I've got to smoke every day because I use Effexor. That's That's a bizarre statement. Okay. What's the facts are? It's an uh, antidepressant. Yeah. Uh, he, and he, he, he's had trouble with mood stuff before. By the way, so I can only imagine how much pot people who admit to smoking pot every day must actually smoke. Because uh, the people that smoke weed every day usually say they smoke pot two or three times a week. 
So if you admit to smoking every day, you must like someone must wake you up so you can smoke a joint in the middle of the night from a dead sleep. I mean, people don't understand. For some individuals, marijuana is profoundly addictive, and it is a daily oh. process. And you guys imagine getting stoned and then getting into that car? And it's very. You tell those kind of people too. It's oh, yeah, it is. That's you right. Know, somebody smokes every day. You I mean, tell. you can just. That's right. They oh, change. They you guys, change. Don't, there's not a lot of weed uh, going around the circuit there. I no. mean, it's just can't be. racing no. is it's so. Freak. It's so clean compared to some other sports. Yeah, because you just you can't. It's impossible. You, do it. you, you can't, can't do, do it. it. But it's it's not predictable. But somewhere between one and twenty years of use, people will eventually get depressed and irritable. It always happens. Have memory difficulty. The, and the characteristic okay. syndrome is having difficulty functioning at work and then having difficulty getting a job when they finally lose the job that they have. Okay. Because uh, actually, that's, um, he's had trouble with depression, and now he's getting real irritable again. Yeah. He used to well, be irritable before the effects are in Well, the effects, antidepressant medication is not the treatment for marijuana addiction. Okay. If the depressions are clinically relevant, if it's danger, if he becomes dangerously depressed, then obviously then his depressants are appropriate. But he has to get in treatment for the addiction. I've never seen a true marijuana addict put marijuana down and stop without either relapsing or picking up alcohol or speed. It just doesn't have Marijuana is a profoundly addictive drug for a small well, percentage of the population. But is, is this his way of asking for help by, mm, by no, it's his way drawing of, attention? It's, no, I think he's trying to fuel his denial. It's like, hey, yeah, but it's, effects are, I'm, I'm it's really because of my depression that I have to smoke pot. It's because of effects are, I mean, he's, he's busily building a case for himself to defend his marijuana use. Oh. And he's it's telling a, his sister all about it. Yeah. How do these guys stop? I mean, how do you stop? I mean, it's the same as alcohol, same treatment. Really? I, I, I would like to get, I, I'd love to see us get rid of the uh, sort of uh, labels of uh, alcoholism versus marijuana addiction versus uh, heroin addiction. It ought to be all just called reward system activation disorder. Because that's what it is. It's a, it's a. You're going to have to get a, uh, a, a, a nice sort of. Um, um, what are they hey, called? You know what? Is there, everybody Lord. else getting that in their headphones? <laughs> okay. You, uh, and, and all we hear is you guys in the other room. Oh, I can't hear her in there. Someone, uh, and what'd you do? Set, set your Chardonnay down on, uh, one of the buttons there? There you go. Thank you. Okay. Um, we need, we need an acronym that's going to sound better RSAD. than RSAD. RSAD? Yeah. What about WORSAD? RSAD. No. Yeah, that's not good. That's good. They, see, they got like CART. How about just RAD? Rad. Reward activation disorder. Now that's good. All right. Rad syndrome? Yeah. That's good. All right. You guys could go for that. Hell, I wouldn't mind having rad syndrome. Uh, do they do any kind of testing in your sport for, uh, drugs? Drug testing? Yeah. They, uh, I've never been tested, but when, when you sign your license, you sign a waiver basically giving them, uh, Permission to right. to do a random test at any time. Yeah, we've never seen it done. No one's ever got like a breathalyzer in the middle of a race. No. Or a, Son, you've it, been driving erratically now. Again, it's so corporate orientated that I mean, if you ever did that, you'd be out. Yeah. You'd be done. Yeah, but the, the, look, uh, there's a lot of sports where guys risk uh, major, major contracts uh, and still partake yeah. in it. They're willing to risk it because that's what the addiction but, but is. But here, though, it's not even a risk; it's a certainty. Yeah. yeah, it's you're done. I don't, I don't think you could even. You can't heal. I mean, because we're so affected by corporate right. dollars, mm -hmm. but it's even, so individual. Why? I mean, driver wise. You guys, uh, you got any pot left over from before you got in a racing that I could have? Yeah. This is radio, you know. It's all right. Brian's we don't have any corporate dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, PJ, you ever do that Pikes Peak? Nope. Oh, that is the race. Do no, you I was ever about see that? four. My dad oh. took me up there sideways in a Trans Am one day, but never heard of it. Pikes Peak is a big mountain in uh, 
Colorado. Colorado. Right and outside of Colorado Springs. The elevation is uh, it's a big dirt, winding dirt road that goes uh, all the way to the top, and they, and it climbs uh, several thousand feet. This race is so old, and I mean, it's, it's most like dangerous. It's like 100 years old. It's the most dangerous circuit in the world because it's sheer cliff on oh one God. side. It's going up, but there's been no driver fatality, I think. Yeah. No, no driver fatality from going off the cliff. Uh. See, what, you're, what, take, you're what, taking the air out of the balloon. Yeah, yeah, 7,000 right, yeah. guys have right. died uh, by being hit right. uh, by cars yeah. that should have gone over right. the cliff, although right. it got wedged yeah. <laughs> in between their body and it didn't yeah. go off the cliff. <laughs> they they lined the track with spectators to keep the car it, it is absolutely amazing, though. They got these, uh, you know, these uh, four-wheel drive uh, Toyotas that have 750 horsepower, and a guy is just sideways, all four wheels spinning all the way up this dirt road. I mean, he's up to oh, it's impressive. It takes like, it's like 10 minutes, minutes yeah. or something like that. Is, is it best time? Is best it? time. Time-wise. Uh. But it's just all out. Uh-huh. And it's a timed race. And I, I could only imagine what it would be like being in the passenger seat as you uh, got up to 8,000 feet and you're just going sideways looking over uh, the edge of a cliff going 110 miles an hour. Oh, all right. Uh, we'll go to break and then we'll come back. All right. Brian Hurd and P.J. Jones are our guests tonight. These guys are uh, going to be racing in the uh, Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, or the uh, Grand Prix, is that what it's called? Yeah, right. Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Yeah, you know, like I said, I always want to say that uh, Toyota uh, endurance race, because uh, I went to that thing out in Riverside a million years ago. You know the thing, uh, are these turbo cars uh, kind of quiet? No. No. They're real loud. But doesn't the turbo quiet them down just a little they're, bit? They're not as loud as they would be without the turbo. You ever go to one of those races and see like an RX-7? Yeah. And uh, it's Take. like you, you'd go to the race, and if you ever have like one of these big races where they have all the classes, RX-7 goes by, and it's like... Because it's got a rotary. Right. And you then know, a just... turbo Porsche goes by, and it's like... <laughs> and it passes everything. I but, drove one of those rotaries for a year, and I think I lost about 20 dB of... Hearing. Right. What were you driving? Uh, RX-7. And yeah, a GTO. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is pissed off at you for driving uh, it. They just squeal. Uh, but, yeah, they get like a 10,000 RPM or something. Yeah, right? I mean, they're noisy. Because the Mazda goes, hmm, remember that commercial, Joe? Yeah, not really. You don't? Not really. You don't remember that commercial when the Mazda came out in like vaguely. the mid-70s with the rotary engine? Uh, vaguely. Jenny. Yeah. You're 19. Hi. Um, I guess my question for Dr. Drew, um, I just have a real pet peeve about showering before and after any type of sexual activity and it's kind of, I'm kind of becoming obsessive about it and it's really driving my boyfriend crazy, thinks I'm just totally weird, but I mean, can you like after just knowing that they've gone to the bathroom and haven't cleaned before I do oral or before I clean and I mean like if I've gone to the bathroom and then he does that on me, I mean, can you get something? Or? No, you can't get you can't get anything that you can wash off that you couldn't get. How can I say this? The shower won't prevent you from getting anything. If there's something to get, no. you're going to get it with or without the shower. Unless you're really working that loofah. <laughs> I mean, you really got to work that. I guess it's just a matter of the taste. What is but, it? I mean, it's just like um, it just grosses me out. And just well? like if I've known he's like touched doorknobs or a bit out, and then he's Ooh, getting in the mood. Okay, he's like, can't just use his hand to open the door. He's uh, well, got no, a ram but if he hasn't washed his hands, it's like I'm making brushes teeth. Oh, I know I he has to brush his teeth before oh, he goes. Me and you would be horrible. Do you? Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's like, hey, Adam, you got twigs in your hair. <laughs> yeah, you love it, baby. 
Uh, Jenny, are you obsessive compulsive in other areas of your life? Do you wash your hands many times during the day? Well, no, but I'm kind of a neat freak. Like yeah. every, my sock drawer is totally, right. I mean, everything's color coordinated and uh, my fabrics. Do you have any other rituals in your life? Do you have to have certain... Um, well, I'm just, if I don't have everything organized, just so, it's like, I just can't function. How, like, about, how about rituals? Do you have to have the TV on a certain channel and you turn it off? Or you have to? Not so much that, no. But but wait a minute, but I like have that. It's uh, channel three and the sound is But down. like, I won't let my trash cans, so like, I have several trash cans. If there's even just like two pieces of trash, it's like I have to keep it empty constantly. Right, so I mean, it's just like some behavior that hey, how come, can get uh, worse. People like <laughs> yeah, this yeah. never become maids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why not? I mean, this girl, I'd love her to come over and clean my house, but she would n never do it. Her head would explode if she walked in. People that attracted to frozen like food and weed become maids. It, I yes. I don't feel like things are clean enough. It's like, I mean, well, I even wash my seats like three times a week. Yeah, this is, and, this is obsessive-compulsive disorder, and people with obsessive-compulsive disorder very often will develop obsessions and preoccupations about cleanliness. And these are the people... They can become the hand washers. They can wash your hands 400 times a day and actually chafe your hands. So it, it you know, it, to be obsessive compulsive in our culture can be a useful thing. It mm. causes you to study hard and to be yeah. meticulous in your work. But if it gets out of control to the point that it's impairing your functioning, then it's something worth looking into. You're just sort of you're in the border. To, you need to smoke pot, Jenny. You don't no. smoke pot, do you? No. 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 See, uh, actually, pot smokers get more, more obsessive compulsive. Oftentimes they do, yes. But yes. it's it's got to do with the um, with the snack rack over at the Circle K more. Uh, the Funyuns are mixed with the Cheetos again. I'm gonna have to do something about that. It's not uh, no. Listen, I know a lot of guys smoke pot. Their houses are messes, and they're messes they, too. They they they're very disorganized, but they get more obsessional sometimes. Okay. They're more disorganized and more obsessional. Yeah, but they're just too lazy. They're like, I think I should go color coordinate my sock drawer. Yeah, just wait to love both. But everything I can go to it and I can find it. I mean, everything's just perfect, and it, and it's like once that gets messed up or something, it's like I don't uh, listen. Kind of know. Uh, how big but... is the effing sock drawer, uh, Jenny? Uh, how how well, what are you no. going to waste hours uh, searching for the right colored socks? That's what anything underwear, my bras are all. You know, it's like the color they're color coordinated. Listen, my socks are all inside out and loose and dry humping each other in that drawer. But the drawer is <laughs> only right. two foot by one foot, so it's only going to take. Take me ten seconds to sift through it. It's, what was the Jack Klugman character? This is Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar and uh, Felix. If he, uh, I mean, Jenny would make a nice Felix, and Adam, you would be Oscar. Yeah, we'll Adam. Together. Adam. That's yeah. Real quick, are you related to the Osmond family? Because you really look like you could be. <laughs> yeah, I'm Mormon. Don't you know that? Oh, you look like you could be one of the brothers. You I'm, know? I'm the one they don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked me out of Utah years ago because I wouldn't play an instrument. <laughs> well, I love your guys' show. Thanks a Thanks, lot. Jenny. Good luck. Take All care. right. Bye-bye. Oh, boy. There are they're very effective medications for this disorder if it becomes All right, uh, but listen, what is the big deal? She wants to take a shower before sex. Yeah, that's, that's the fine point. with me. That's and, uh, the after the sex, hey, good hey, riddance. Keeps, whatever, whatever keeps her order. to stay busy, yeah. yeah. Plus, all the towels are where we can get Just, them. You could go to the yeah. kitchen while she goes to the shower. It would be perfect, Adam. And it's kind of good, too, because you can tell to hit the showers. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're some... Uh, some uh, baseball manager that pulled the pitcher is having a bad day. Hit the showers, buddy. That's right. More TV time for me. Oh. Yeah, the kitchen. You can kitchen, then TV, and she's still being in the shower. That's right. Uh, saying, I can't get clean and shivering. Probably just sitting in the tub and shaking in the corner. Thanks, Drew. Ike. Hello? Hey, you're 25. Yes, sir. Oh, um, I have this girlfriend. She's 21. 
I've been going with her for about two years. Where are you from, Nebraska? <laughs> no, sir. Hello, 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 good night. Nigeria? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, anyway, um, our culture is very strict, especially about women. And all of a sudden, she is turning into, she uh, wanted to get more into uh, porn pornographic acting, or some of the things those those girls last night did, some of the... Uh, oh, boy. And yeah. stripping. Is they she... weren't Nigerian, those uh, chicks were in there last night. Is your girlfriend Nigerian? Uh, tossed no, she tossed her ass not. right out What's of the country. What's the downside? And so the problem is when she, when she, you know, she has started hanging around those type of people, they come to my house, uh. they are drunks, they, um, they want to get everything pierced, they want to get their butts pierced, their heads pierced, everything pierced. Where's your girlfriend from? She is, she is a white American. Yeah. North Hollywood. The infidels. Yeah. yeah. I think I went to high school with her. <laughs> yeah, she's not from Nigeria, this one. No, sir. And I don't know because I don't know if I am judging her by my own cultural background. Nah, or yeah. is it fair? Because my my family, if they just saw all these piercings every, and, and the tattoos. Wait a minute. I thought uh, they. <laughs> I thought this is where it came from. No, sir. No, I'm sorry. And that, the big bone through the nose? Uh, no, that wasn't. I thought that was from Africa. No, that's Flintstones, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is bedrock in Africa? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, and I don't know if it is fair for me to judge her by my own no. culture. That's fine. Go ahead. It, it's fair. Uh, yeah. a, I mean, she sounds like she's a little out of control, would, this one. My family would just go crazy. But, but one of the reasons that people uh, learn to question people that make these sorts of choices is that it says something about them. And uh, it says something about their emotional health. It says like something what? About well, people that, that if you discuss what, talk to some of the people about what their pasts have been, you'll find they were almost all, particularly women, sexually abused when they were a lot younger. Not all women, though. Right? Very common. No, the ones that were, the ones that are acting out. Very right? common. But this fast? What do you mean this fast? I mean, it seemed like overnight she's drinking, piercing things, uh, posing. Mm, this is she watching she? a lot of MTV. Uh, Twenty twenty-one, no sir. Yeah. Is she getting new friends? Yes, all of them are drunks. They have some of them have their ass pierced. They well, have part part of this may be. Um, are you saying ass, by the way? Or ears? Yes, sir. Uh, everything pierced. Wow. I don't know, not ass literally, but I mean, right, everything. Right. Like I'm going to throw your ass back in jail. You don't mean uh, just the ass. You mean <laughs> <laughs> right? right Everything. Right. Okay. But some of this may be the. Hey, I'm thinking of moving to Nigeria now. By the way. Why, sir? Well, this sounds like a decent culture here. Yeah, we we don't um, allow such. Uh, yeah, right. Plus, as the only white guy, I think either I'd be killed immediately or I could take over. No, everybody would love you. Oh, right. That's because what I'm talking about. I like you, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my buddy Ike says. <laughs> but, like, listen, they're. Uh, they're putting a tire around. This me. may be part of the evolution of some alcoholism, and that may be part oh, of. Oh, she's drinking, yeah, like, I, out of control. I understand. So she's alcoholic, and that's part of what's going on. Really? They, they have a predisposition to drink? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's a biological. Do you know her parents? Um, I've met them, but I only know her, her mom. Like what? Well, Dad, maybe not, you'll find was probably an alcoholic, and you also find Dad probably abused her when she was a lot younger. Like sexually? Uh, in some fashion, and I would bet sexually the way she's behaving. Oh, well, really? And, and, uh, and well, that's, listen, that's hold just, on, not necessarily, but uh, the chances playing are playing the odds. That's the probability. Okay, that that would fit the behavior that she's manifesting. Okay.
Hey, uh, Ike. Yes, sir. Is there any problem with uh, her parents and the the whole uh, color thing and all that? Well, her parents say that you should stick with your own kind. Right, you know? the uh, ass-piercing alcoholics? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Is that how they describe it? The white-piercing alcoholics. No. Right, the white-ass-piercing alcoholics. No, but their parents say, oh, well, it should only be a black person with a black person and a white person with a white person. Right. But her parents are the type that no matter who you are, they will find something wrong. Right. And, and you, know, you know, I even asked her, do you, do you think that uh, your, your uh, mother should only be with another fi- fat white man? Right. <laughs> They've been watching fat. too much Jerry Springer. Uh, yeah. You know, should she be, you know, only I, be with Ike, is, is she real good looking? Yes, sir. Okay. That's now we've part got, of the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Ike has uh, found himself a nice, uh, good-looking uh, American chick, and you don't want to let her go, but she's she's acting out. Yes, sir. Ike, I think you may. Be, it sounds like Ike's a little too mature for this one, and, and he like maybe he's outgrowing her a little, or yeah. she's uh, undergrowing him somehow. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not gonna. This situation's not gonna make you happy. I mean, this is. Uh, this is a disturbed character. This is yeah. cases of somebody with alcoholism. How fast? Yeah. I mean, it's just one day. I mean, you, you know, she was she was never like a, a non a, a non person. How long have you known her? Convent living type. No, I understand. Person. How long have you known her for? About two and a half years. Mm. Mm. But she has never been, you know, the one who is going to go to the con, you know, convent and live. But it seemed like the next day. I mean, we are, you know, taking pictures. These guys came to the house and took the picture. I wonder if it's some not some other drugs than alcohol too, because uh, you can see an acceleration of these sorts of behaviors in other addictions than alcohol. And, yeah. and, and uh, I'm just—I don't think he's going to save her from this. No, I think Axer needs to. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got every right to to make a judgment on somebody he's involved with that way, and it. I it's just I, I, I get the feeling that uh, he's going to have to move on. That this one yeah. has run its course, uh, mm-hmm. Ike. Yes. Sir. Before we leave, uh, give us that uh, big Nigerian laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was pretty good. That was pretty solid. One more good one. <laughs> That's good. It's like uh, uh, oh yeah. Everybody now. Hey, Drew, get them cans on. Brian heard it. And uh, Parnelli. Oh, PJ Jones. I was just talking about uh, Pops just a moment ago. And uh, the Toyota Grand Prix in uh, Long Beach, which is uh, going on all this weekend. Again, uh, Friday is sort of the uh, qualifications, right? Practice and qualifying. Same on Saturday. And then... Celebrity race Saturday, too. Celebrity race Saturday, I think. Maybe one other race. Smart money's on uh, the guy who played Mr. Uh, Belvedere uh, <laughs> this year. There's five or six races going on out there. Uh, uh, what What about the uh, practice in the uh, in the qualifying? How does that go? Well, the practice is just just that. It's a chance for us to get out and run a little bit, adjust the cars, see how the track is, and then qualifying. I mean, is everyone cut loose on the track yeah. at the same time, yeah. or do you have designated just, time? No, it's open. For like an hour, everybody goes out and runs around. I could get out there in like the Bob Hope golf cart and well, take a... No. No. <laughs> okay. But no. Uh, everyone is in the race. Uh, there's no uh, uh, this team, that team, or another team. It's it, just everyone... In qualifying, we go for 30 minutes and uh, and they'll split the field in half so the track's not as crowded. Sometimes right. during practice, it's hard to get a clean lap. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, right. what they'll do, we'll go out there for 30 minutes and I'll time every one of our laps. And the fastest one is qualifying. Right. And uh, how advantageous is pole on a race like this where there's not a lot of passing? It's, it's huge. Qualify yeah. up the front here is everything because it's narrow street circuit. You know, mm-hmm. it's bumpy. It's hard to pass. So right. uh, if you don't start up front, it's hard to make your way to the front. Much much harder here than some places. Are are there any races or any tracks where it's not a uh, advantage? I mean, where you want to start in the second row? Well, I mean, you go to uh, like some of the big ovals and the 500-mile races, you can win from anywhere. It doesn't really make a big difference. Yeah, and and we were at Montague, Japan last week, and uh, it's pretty wide, easy to pass. I wouldn't say you want to start last, but... You know, it, there's no advantage really to as big as advantage to start on the front row. Right. I mean, obviously, if you get out and get the jump, you're in clean air. Mm-hmm. You don't have any traffic to deal with. But you know, once you start lapping cars, then you know the guy in second's got you. You got the same disadvantage as the guy in second place has. Right. How so, many uh, How many cars will be will qualify? For I think they'll start this? 24, 26, somewhere in there. How many will go down there? Well, that many? Probably 29 to 30. So there's is, is there usually four or five cars that don't make the cut? It, you know, in some places, you know, you, it, we're really limited by pit stalls. That's really what seems to do it. Like our next race after this is uh, is Nazareth, and we only there's only so many available pit stalls for the race, and that really is what limits how many cars they can run on on Sunday. Yeah. Right. Some tracks can run a lot more. Some. Because they're tighter laps. I, I am so surprised, Drew. I know uh, you have no interest in anything um, that doesn't involve a, a tongue depressor, <laughs> but uh, the, the the whole pit thing to me seems like uh, an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. It really seems like uh, four or five hundred guys would get killed just in pit-related incidents alone each year. Because basically, here's what it is. You're going from 210 miles an hour to zero to back up to 210 as fast as you possibly can. And in between, we're going to uh, strap on some new rubber and uh, fill you up with gas. But you'll be pulling off while the gas is still still flowing. <laughs> uh, you know I, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a humbling. One year, I got the opportunity to, to do the vent and the air jack on one of the cars in Indianapolis. And I'm telling you what, I'm I, that guy that does that is braver than the race driver. I mean, you standing there with a, first of all, with a 100-gallon tank behind you full of methanol. Right. And you're holding this vent tube down on top of the race car, which the engine's, you know, 600 degrees. And, you know, one miss and methanol comes out, you've you got yourself a huge fire. And uh, you can't see it either. Yeah, it's you can't just, see it. Usually when you see folks flailing for no reason, it means they're on fire. <laughs> one thing a little bit better now, you know, we're limited to 60 miles an hour in the pits. We have a button that we push on the steering wheel. It's like cruise control. It doesn't allow us to go faster than 60 miles an hour. So from the first pit stall to the last pit stall, we got to do 60 miles an hour. Really? But, and uh, it's safer on the guys that way. But I'm... I, I mean, when they drop me, it's in first. We're revving at 10,000, 12,000 RPMs. When they say drop, the meaning uh, they have uh, now, like, jacks built Air into jack. the car, right? Air jack. Where they plug right. a, right. a and pneumatic just, hose into the side of the car, right. and the car just car lifts up. All right. Six inches. As soon as that thing hits the ground, 12 grand. You're wheels wheels are spinning, and that guy's foot is, you know, two inches from my rear wheels that are spending 80 miles an hour. So. Yeah, and it's just, uh, there's fuel and there's uh, everything. Uh, yeah. My uh, my uh, teammate had a, Alex Barron had a little misfortune last week. He uh, kind of got in a little bit hard and ran over two of his guys oh. getting into the pits. They were both okay. And, oh. and But, I mean, it was pretty, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. Physically, they're okay, but they're going to need a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's mental, a fair, mental therapy. Very aggressive act when yeah, your t- teammate runs you over. I told him his stops would be a little longer the next couple of races. They'll be gun-shy, you know, jumping back. What is uh, is the stops uh, 10, 14 seconds, something like that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, yeah. usually the tire changers get done before the fuel order. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're limited on how big the uh, fuel pipe is. It goes into the into the car, so right. the fuel can only flow so quickly. It, but the tire changers are fast. Yeah. And I, I would think that they would send, uh, they don't have, like, uh, lug nuts. They have knockoffs. This is one big nut takes mm-hmm. the whole thing off, and mm-hmm. I guess it's uh, counter-threaded or something, so it gets tighter. As well, they drive. spin, yeah, they're opposite threads. So to tighten them, you would spin them backwards towards the car, so each side is, like, a left hand. So on they don't loosen the up right, uh, right. while you're driving. But still, you would think a tire would fall off about every third pit. At least uh, if my stoner buddies were at the helm. Well, that'd be great. My stoner buddies uh, work the pit. Uh, I'm at the helm of anything is a, a deplorable thought. <laughs> you get it this time, Larry. Uh, I got the last one. Uh, Brian. Yes. What's up? I had a question for you guys. I was wondering if uh, you two drivers believed in lefa braking and uh, trail braking. kind of a racer myself. I run autocross and SCCA. They're wow. talking about hymen braking during uh, the break. Yeah. Part of the pun, but, uh, I believe in no braking. <laughs> oh, PJ and I were weren't we talking about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, most drivers these days, because we have sequential gearboxes, and that's like a, uh, like a motorcycle. Basically, it's like a, a motocross engine. You turn the, the shifter up uh, ninety degrees, and you pull back on it to go up, push down on it to go uh, to go down in the gears. We don't need a clutch anymore, except for to get out of the pit. So, uh, really, we uh, I, my style and Brian just told me his style too is he left foot brakes all the time, and I right and I left foot brakes. So yeah. left foot's on the brake, right foot's on the throttle. And can, can I say it's just I'm glad you asked the question because now Drew gets to know what it's like for the rest of us when he gets the medical questions, yeah. and we yeah. now we get to talk about you know sequential gear boxes and you know he's 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 sitting back looking sideways well, over at that's us. That's interesting. And, the thing oh, is, yeah, it, yeah it, but it's the it's the same thing. You know, it's a, it's a different lingo. They yeah. use their clutch, in other words, to shift. Once uh, they use their clutch to get started, right? But once they're started, they're just uh, yeah. shifting on the fly, and they're not even letting off the gas now because uh, PJ was telling me that the the engine uh, cuts off when they shift huh. without even having to back off. In the old days, they'd have to back off back the accelerator, off, right. right? I mean, you get lazy now. You go try to drive something else, a streetcar or something like that, and you oh, yeah, yeah. God, i got to lift. I mean, it's, to it's shift. not like a streetcar, even. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our car shifts more like a motorcycle. Where you, right. you pull back, you push forward on the gear change. You don't even move it side to side. And I'd say probably 90% of the guys brake with their left foot, throttle with the right foot, because everything's happening so fast. Mm-hmm. You give up time when you're moving your right foot back and forth between the pedals. Right. Yeah, the left foot braking is, does seem to be a time saver. I was just yeah. uh, wondering because I'm trying to get into that myself running the SCCA. But do what works. Do what works loose. for you. Yeah, I think you'll have a hard time, you know, racing a a, a sedan type of a car. You, you really have to go back to right foot braking. Yeah. yeah. Know, because especially the way the gearboxes work. Um, you were asking about trail braking also. What's trail braking? That's, uh, you know, where you kind of roll into the corner with the brakes. And basically what happens in these bigger sedans, they kind of want to push. They, the front doesn't want to grip usually right. as, as well. And, and when you hold the brakes, you know, kind of ride the brakes a little bit going in the corner, it keeps the weight transferred to the front of the car mm-hmm. and puts a bigger footprint on the tire. Right. It makes the car turn. Right. And, Instead uh, of wash out. Yeah. And, and for a sedan, that's, you know, it's very applicable. Uh, for a car like we're driving, it's it's not as much, you know, because the cars, we're tuning them to exactly the way we want them. And you have the engine and uh, just about everything, you know, the transmission, everything's in the back of the car, yeah. right? I mean, you don't have much weight. you got that little antenna in the front, and then yeah. uh, you got your Tootsies, yeah. and uh, I guess the stickers they put on the wing got to weigh something, but uh, it's most of the weight in the back of the vehicle. All right, we'll uh, go to break, and we'll be back. All right, all right, all right. 
The phone number for Loveline is 1-800-LOVE-191. Loveline, I'll be right back. 